0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Home and home.
0: Well, Sam, we're going to get into the free agent quarterback class, my friend. But first, if you could, boneless wings versus picking around all those small little bones when you get no meat. And, and, and if you can expand on that, what's your overall take on this ridiculous hallmark Valentine's Day are, are you all in on Valentine's Day or are you with me? You all out?
1: Well, all right, let's start with the wings thing first, right? Yep. Boneless wings yep. are just chicken nuggets. They're, there's nothing wing <laughs> about them. And chicken wings, I think, are more hassle than they're worth. So I'm out on both of them. I think chicken wings definitely taste superior. I'm with Ross on that. But they're just not worth the hassle of digging through all the bones and the gristle for the tiny shred of meat on them you know get yourself a solid chicken drumstick a full-on leg forget the wing
2: i love that i love that sam you you know you Irishmen. i tell you what you guys know you know this is hundreds of years of knowledge right here coming through i love it all right what about valentine's day sam
1: yeah, well, you know, it's obviously a corporate contrived holiday designed to strip us all of our money. On the other hand, we're married or have girlfriends, etc., so we're stuck with it. But, but do you right, go so all out? so do you
2: embrace it?
1: Do you embrace it or not? No, I, I mean, I do, you know, whatever I think I can get away with and not get divorced. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you're like and Briggs.
0: You're not wearing red for Valentine's Day, are you?
1: No, this is more orange. It's just terrible lighting okay. in here.
0: Okay. I was going to say, man, that is, that is cheeseball Ross Tucker-esque. All right, let's get back now to the free agent quarterback class. And we had a poll question this morning. It's at RDC Home and Home. Who you got for your starting quarterback next season of these choices? Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton. Who is the guy you want for one year?
1: I want Jameis Winston, but only if I can have him back in Tampa Bay with Bruce Arians. I I think that connection, Arians has a a history of coaching career years out of quarterbacks, but it hasn't come in year one. So last season we saw like, you know, bits and pieces of it. The guy had incredible production, but obviously all those interceptions as well. I want to see year two of Jameis and Arians together together. Um, and I think if it's ever gonna happen for Jameis Winston, if he's ever gonna put it all together, that's when it would come. If I can't get that, I mean it's between I think Dalton or Cam Newton. I'm I'm now getting pretty scared as to Cam Newton's lengthy injury history. And even if he comes back healthy, are you gonna to have to change his playing style because of all the injuries he's had? Because if you have to take away his rushing threat and the, the things that made him special. He's, he's not the same quarterback at all. And Dalton is the one that's, you know, maybe the steadiest of the three, but you need to give him help. Like if you surround Andy Dalton with a top-level receiving core and a decent offensive line, you might get solid production out of him, but he needs that more than the other two.
2: Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it. Everybody seems to hate Andy Dalton. I, I, I don't really understand it, Sam. I feel like he's always been like a – 15th best quarterback in the NFL for a lot of years. The Bengals have been garbage the last couple of years. Last year, they were the worst team in football. I mean, what's so bad about
1: Andy Dalton? I think he just represents, you know, a lack of ambition at the quarterback position. It's like, if you have an Andy Dalton, you know he's never going to be a top five, even probably top 10 quarterback and teams don't want to settle for that. You want to chase a guy, even if it's a Jameis Winston, this idea that maybe he can put it all together and he can be a top-five guy, and then we're cooking. Then we can go to the playoffs, we can win games, the quarterback can get stuff done. You know, you can create a very good team around Andy Dalton that he can perform well, but I think it's this realization that he needs all of that help. He needs this optimum situation to play at a high level, and if he doesn't have it, He's just this average quarterback. And I think, I think people in the NFL just inherently dislike the notion of settling for average, whereas actually a lot of the times, you know, teams would probably be in a much better spot if they, you know, targeted specific places where average is actually fine. You know, we can be great elsewhere if we're average in these spots, we're in a good position.
0: Talking to Sam Monson, Pro Football Focus, highly encourage you to subscribe. PFF.com, best analysis, college and pro football anywhere on the Internet. Sam, interesting theories from Michael Genetti at Track. Uh just about 20 minutes ago. We talked about this free agent quarterback carousel, and he said the one guy still standing without a seat is not a guy we mentioned. He believes it's going to be Derek Carr who's going to be out in Oakland looking for his next place to play. I was shocked by that. I think Carr can play. I think he's back in Oakland. Um, do you think there's any legitimacy to that? If not, who is the guy when all is said and done that's standing around without a seat when the music stops?
1: Yeah, I could definitely see Derek. I could see Derek Carr going either way. You know, I think he's shown enough huh. that – could be convinced that you could build a decent team around him kind of like the andy dalton thing that if you give him a good roster to work with he can work with that roster on the other hand i can see you looking at Derek carr's performance since that 2016 season where he was so good and saying look he's never going to get back there again we're not going to put this thing together it's time to move on and find someone that can do it the, the same kind of thing for a cheaper level so I I could see either scenario unfolding for for Derek Carr. Obviously, I think Tannehill is, or not Tannehill, sorry, um, Marcus Mariota, the guy that Tannehill replaced. I think Mariota is the guy that lost his job over the course of this season, not just in Tennessee, but I don't see any way he has a starting gig in 2020. I think he's going to have to do what Tannehill did, which is go somewhere, be a backup and then try and wait for an opportunity to resuscitate his career and show that he can be more than he was this year.
2: All right, Sam, two veteran guys, both free agents, Tom Brady, Philip rivers. Everybody seems to think rivers is cooked 2018. I thought he was awesome. People seem to think Brady still has something left. What did the film show this year for both of those guys What do they have left? What can they be for a team in 2020?
1: I mean, I think the common thing they both have is that each one of them now needs help, you know, in a way they didn't necessarily in the past. The Chargers have been spectacularly unable to put an offensive line in front of Phillip Rivers basically for the duration of his entire career. And some years he's been able to overcome that and been incredible despite a huge amount of pressure. I just don't think he's able to get that done anymore. So, Philip Rivers needs to go somewhere that can protect him a little bit. And if he does, he can still play at a high level. Brady, I think is his issue is with the receivers and the complete lack of separating uh, separation in New England a, a season ago. They basically had Julian Edelman and nobody else. And as soon as teams figured out that if they bracket cover Edelman, nobody else in that team can win in the passing game, Brady had problems. And I think when you look at the tape and when you look at the data – almost all of the issues in that New England offense stem from the fact that nobody could get open on a consistent basis. Brady held the ball longer than he's held at any time in the last 10 years. And he was worse under pressure at any time in the last 10 years, because no matter how long he held onto the ball and no matter how much he tried to give those guys a chance, nobody would get open. So I think if you give Brady a receiving core that will separate, he suddenly jumps back to being a top five quarterback. I I think he still has that level of ability even at, you know, 43 years old. Talking to
0: Sam Monson, profootballfocus.com. Who the heck could that receiving core be? AJ Green did not play a game like next season, last season. No clue if he's anything close to what he was in his prime. Looks like Greg Olson is going to sign elsewhere. Um, Amari Cooper. They're going to find some way to hang on to him in Dallas for at least another season. Clearly Tom Brady would like to find a spot for Antonio Brown. Can't imagine under any circumstance that's in New England. So who could those receivers be if the Patriots want to hang on to Brady?
1: Well, I think it's a great draft for needing receivers. And the Patriots have not been good at drafting receivers, which is a problem. But they've also shown in the past that they're willing to trade for receivers. You know, they threw a first round pick at Brandon Cooks a few years ago. And that puts some interesting names on the table. You know, if they're willing to deal number, what, 23 overall, they could start looking at guys like, you know, Stephon Diggs maybe from Minnesota. Or, you know, what would the Browns take, give up Odell Beckham this year? The Patriots, I think, could make some moves. You know, there's also some free agent receivers that will be available. Even if Amari Cooper doesn't hit the open market, you've got guys like Emmanuel Sanders. You've got Robbie Anderson from the Jets. Um, you know, there are some players that are out there. I think they're going to need to take multiple swings at this thing, whether it's trade, free agency, the draft, they might need to do all three to try and find a group of guys that can separate and give Brady someone to throw to. Sam, let's talk Taysom
2: Hill. Uh, He wants to be a franchise quarterback somewhere else. Based on everything you've evaluated preseason, regular season, what have you seen from him What
1: do you think he is? Yeah, I mean, he's obviously an incredibly talented athlete and playmaker, but projecting him as a quarterback is almost complete guesswork at this point because he's basically never played it. Um, You've got to go either back to college or confine yourself almost exclusively to preseason games. And obviously, preseason is just not the same thing. Now, he's been reasonable in preseason as a quarterback. He's actually been, he's had a couple of good games, And the good games were the, you know, the two more meaningful preseason games, weeks two and three, the ones that if you're going to put any kind of stock in them, those are the games to put stock into. But projecting that forward as a 16-game, you know, regular season starter is almost complete guesswork. I think he has the skill set to be an intriguing player in an offense that's built around him, kind of the same way that, you know, the the Ravens offense is built around Lamar Jackson's unique skill set. I would be incredibly fascinated to see what a Taysom Hill offense looked like if Sean Payton designed one from the ground up. I just don't understand why you would go to that kind of trouble for Taysom Hill. You know, he's a talented playmaker. He's an athlete. But there's a lot of players out there that, that tick those boxes. And I'm, I'm just not sure what the fascination is, particularly with Sean Payton, because that guy has been hyping Taysom Hill Since he got there, at an incredible degree, he was comparing him to uh, Steve Young during the season. Like This was before he had any incentive to talk him up in terms of uh, getting somebody to throw a restricted free agent offer at him. I I don't understand quite what Sean Payton's fascination is with Taysom Hill. On the other hand, I'm all for the entertainment of seeing him build an offense around him.
0: Me too, man. I am all in. I am a cat chasing that reflection all over the wall. Last question Sam Monson Pro Football Focus. What do you like? What do you not like? Will you be watching in week 2 of the XFL season?
1: I don't know. I think I'm uh I think I got burned by the AAF a little too much. I was trying to watch the XFL in week 1. I like a lot of the changes they've made in terms of rules, the, you know, the extra point thing, I think the kickoff stuff, which I didn't think I didn't expect to like. But I think that could actually work well. Um, And the fact that they fix replay. You know, the NFL should immediately adopt what the XFL does in terms of broadcasting the conversation that happens between the officials and the replay booth guys so that you at least know what is happening. I think that's a fantastic innovation, something rugby has been doing for the better part of a decade. The NFL should definitely adopt that. But in terms of the actual on-field action, I'm 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 struggling. I'm fine. I want to like it. I want to find a way to invest, and I'm just I don't know. I think the AAF has burned me.
0: Yeah, I I, I kind of feel the same way. I'm talking myself into watching it this weekend, week two, over the NBA All Star stuff. Sam Monson, Pro Football Focus. Appreciate it, my friend. Happy Valentine's Day. Check him out, pff.com. Hey
2: everybody, it's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home podcast. Remember. You can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com home.
1: Home and Home.